Hi everyone, this is Mark Hastings and welcome to Mark the Poet, the podcast. Hi everyone, this is Mark and this is episode 68 of Mark the Poet and today I'm going to be talking about uh, the significance of uh, places and times in our life uh, that can have a uh, profound impact uh, on us and um, uh, depending on where we are and what we're doing uh, can uh, fundamentally influence um, what we uh, as people choose to do and what uh, artists uh, choose to create and uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So, uh, as I said, um, today I'm going to be talking about uh, the importance of uh, where uh, we as artists um, create um, the time um, that we choose to create and um, what needs to happen uh, for um, inspiration to occur to us and um, I just want to go back all the way uh, to the time um, before I even started writing poetry Um, I was always an imaginative child Um, I always created art uh, in some way shape or form um, I liked writing um, little stories um, at school um, when I when I had to. I enjoyed uh, English. I enjoyed um, reading. I enjoyed language. Um, of course, English was always my first and favourite language because it was the the language that I was brought up with um, but I also always had an appreciation for all the languages of earth uh, that uh, have been invented by humanity um, both uh, literary languages uh, mathematic languages um, of course um, there's a, there is a difference sometimes between um, the ability to write in a specific language and to read in a specific language um, and to talk and to understand a specific language and those two things are very different um, some people can have uh, an understanding of um, of the words and understand what they mean um, by reading them some people can just uh, uh, amazingly just um, be able to, to hear it um, and understand the phonetics of it and are able to replicate um, the exact um, the exact uh, cadence of how you you speak in a specific language what the words mean what intonations you need to put to certain um, to certain uh, letters and in um, what the certain um, types of words um, need to be spoken in such a way um, if that's a way to the best way to describe it 
Um, but it's like with everything. Um, names, you know, some people pronounce names differently, um, depending on if they, uh, how they look or um, how they're uh, perceived to be um, spoken. Um, so words are very, um, uh, very open to interpretation until you are told uh, straight out that this is how you uh, pronounce a certain word, this is how you um, say a certain name, and uh, some people are uh, more funnier uh, or more exacting, which is the right word, um, or more specific about how a certain word uh, should be uh, pronounced. Um, but like I say, in every language um, there are uh, fundamentals um, to that language. Some uh, when some languages, when interpreted, uh, they they have a different uh, structure to them. The the different uh, sentences of certain languages are um, are, are different and uh, uh, synonymous to uh, those those languages. Um, sometimes uh, the subject comes before the 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 question um, the uh, question comes after the the subject and um, yeah it's it's different um, I'm I'm only familiar uh, really with um, English um, uh, I've I like French uh, I learned French at school um, and uh, I always found it to be uh, a nice language, um, you know, uh, very, uh, um, very nice sounding, um, and uh, you know, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a pleasant, um, a pleasant sound to it, a pleasant sound to it, like music. Um, uh, I briefly learnt uh, German when I was younger at school, uh, but uh, that didn't last for that long. I can. I can count uh, up to ten uh, in German. Um, I'll give it a go. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun, zehn. I think that's right. And uh, yeah, usually that's where uh, in school you start. You start by um, uh, starting with the, the simplest uh, things that you may you may want to use that using that language which is numbers um like uh, the same in french um under toi quatre cinq six sept huit neuf dix onze vous treize quatorze quinze seize i think that takes it up to 15 something like that anyway um and of course i know the english one two three four five six seven eight nine ten but anyway um and actually uh i get up to the the, uh, the number ten because ten is a very important um, very important number in today's uh, podcast uh, the episode of today's podcast but I'll get on that uh, in a little while um, but also I've also been interested in the language of inspiration um, I've always been a movie fan as you may uh, as you may know. Um, I've watched a lot of movies, a lot of uh, TV shows, um, read a lot of books, and there is so much language 
in every every form of uh, entertainment. Um, sometimes uh, the visual language is more predominant than the uh, than the uh, the literary language, the, uh, the vocal language. Sometimes it's about the music. That's the that's the language that is more prevalent uh, within a form of uh, form of art. And um, yeah, there's so much language. Everything is 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 full of language. Even the old silent movies are um, of the twentieth century. Um, most of them didn't have dialogue. They were just moving pictures, and there were people within them that looked like they were saying. Uh, something, but then there'd be a, a title card at the end where the the in the in the film they would put up the words of or the description of what was saying or what was happening within a specific scene. Mostly they were in black and white, and the audio tracks um, the, there wasn't an audio track to sync up to the um, to the picture because they're they're two different things that you've got a picture and you've got the audio and um, realistically it's only within our own human um, minds within our imagination where music uh, and sound and vision um, and uh, and um, um, imagination you know uh, mixed together and confluence together to, to make them into a an actual moving uh, exp um, moving visual uh, auditory experience uh, because even in in a film if you watch it on TV or if you watch it at the movie theater or on your phone or on your tablet or on your laptop or whatever you know you've got many different things coming together there uh, you have to have uh, something that can interpret the the audio track of that specific um, film. You have to have something that can interpret the the picture, um, the visual medium, the visual data of uh, of that of that film, that TV show. Um, so you've got different things, different channels that all have to work synchronous synchronously with one another. Otherwise, you'll see that there is a, a other a lag. What if one doesn't sync up with the other? Then you know it straight away. Your mind uh, gets taken out of the film or whatever you're you're watching uh, because you know that the the words don't match the the person who's saying them. Um, and uh, yeah, so you, you know that straight away. And that's uh, the language of uh, cinema, um, but also the language of cinema also includes color. Um, but of course, color uh, is sometimes a, a background uh, facet. It's uh, basically paint on uh, on the palette um, and on the on the landscape. And a lot of people don't take uh, a lot of interest uh, or take notice of uh, the color within a um, within a film or within a TV show, but. Color is one of the most important languages in film because it's the visual language. Um, the the fact that a a certain character wears a specific uh, color, uh, whether it's red, blue, gold, green, black, white, 
grey, uh, all has a significance and a lot of uh, filmmakers and a lot of um, producers, uh, art, art directors and um, production designers um, have a lot of meetings um, about uh, the colour palette or what someone is going through. Um, a character is going through in in a film or in a TV show can influence what they're wearing. Um, as, you know, there's a one TV show in particular uh, that I uh, hear um, did that within every episode uh, through all the seasons was um, the TV series Breaking Bad, and um, I've heard it being described in um, several uh, commentaries about. Um, the episodes and um, the character of Walter White um, his colour palette at the beginning of the series and throughout the series starts it started out very normal um, um, but then over the, over the course of the, the series throughout the episodes it changed depending on um, who he was changing into the character how his character was evolving and um, his mood and what um, the the character was focusing more on in the storyline, so it went from white uh, and beige to to green to brown and to black and yeah, and these, these all these um, colours of the of the palette of the spectrum of um, of uh, of light and colour and um, of a of a character, they all. Uh, are representations of who that character is on the inside and I used a similar technique uh, when I was writing my um, my book uh, Playing God and when I was naming the different um, stories of Playing God um, so uh, there was the man in black, the man in white, the man in grey, uh, the man in blue, the man in the mirror, the man in red, the man in green um, all these, uh, all the colours were uh, um, selected uh, specifically and given to those stories because they had a uh, the, the colours have a certain meaning and they have a connection to um, the characters and the motivations and the, the storyline uh, within the, the stories and I find it fascinating um, that uh, filmmakers and people and artists use um, colour as a language in itself and as a um, another character really, uh, a spirit um, that uh, runs through um, everything about a story and a lot of another language uh, as I've said uh, is numbers um, people use numbers within films, within TV shows uh, within literature um, and they all have a significance um, in the Douglas Adams um, um, books and in the, the films that have been, and the film that's been that was made um, in the TV shows that have uh, adapted uh, been adapted from um, Douglas Adams's um, books, especially the, the the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, uh, there's people on this uh, on this planet. And uh, they create a uh, um, the most advanced computer ever designed uh, called Deep Thought, and they ask this uh, this uh, compu this advanced computer. They say, 
We want to know the answer to life, the universe, and everything. And uh, the, the computer takes uh, some time to, to come up with them, that, to the answer. He says, I'll come back later. Um, and they come back later, I think it's thou maybe thousands, millions of years later. Um, something like that. And, and Deep Thought says, I have an answer. And they, they ask and they say, well, what is that answer? And the, uh, succinctly, the, the, the computer just turns, uh, turns on and goes, 42. So, in the universe of Douglas Adams, uh, and in, it's, a, it's a joke, of course. Uh, so, the, the answer to life, the universe, and everything, um, if you've ever wondered what that is, it's 42. Uh, so, yeah. And a lot of people have, uh, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of um, literary fans, a lot of fans of Douglas Adams in, in particular, have uh, taken that number, 42, and they've uh, proliferated their art with that number. And usually if you see that number, and it's within the, the, within the, the context or within the, the medium of film or literature uh, that revolve around uh, science fiction um, more often than not there was probably put there the number 42 was put there uh, specifically as a nod to Douglas Adams and to the the great and funny and entertaining book um, original TV show that came on in, on the in the B, on the BBC uh, and as a, it was also a radio play, of course, and there was a film that came out um, a few years ago as well, and that's uh, of uh, the wonderful The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And uh, if you haven't read it, then I would uh, um, absolutely recommend that you read it, because uh, it's, uh, it's great. And uh, Douglas Adams is a wonderful writer, or uh, he, he was. Um, and he also wrote for Doctor Who, um, Back in the 80s, I believe. Um, yeah, so numbers, very important, very important language, words, of course, um, and colour also. And um, there's so much uh, language to be uh, picked uh, picked apart um, when you're you're there uh, analysing a film or a situation and life. Um, in itself for me has its own language and um, as I'm a poet um, and as I've come to understand more about what poetry is uh, and what it represents and what poetry means to me and how to speak in the language of poetry um, I understand that poetry is um, it's the language of the universe, it's the language of nature, it's the language of people, it's the language of time, space, um, it's the language of stars, it's the language of uh, flowers and clouds and rocks and the earth, the trees, everything, people, animals, you name it, everything is is uh, acting and speaks the language of poetry 
but they may not realize that they're actually speaking the language of poetry um, because poetry like most things is open to um, open to perspective and um, interpretation and we all have our own uh, individual and personal interpretations about some things um, not everybody agrees upon something um, two people can read the same form of literature they can watch the same film um, and uh, have a different perspective a different opinion about it because we all have individual uh, likes and dislikes and um, some people can watch a film and think it's great and it's amazing and it's the best film ever they can read a book and go oh it's incredible it's fantastic you're gonna love it anyone else who what who watches it or who goes to see it they're gonna love it and then some people come along they watch it after your recommendation and they go I didn't like it or they read a book that you you recommended and they're like I didn't really like it and that's not a bad thing um, they're not bad people because they don't they didn't like what you recommended it's just that everybody has their own individual tastes and colors and textures and language I mean um, not everyone can can like everything um, it's not uh, and it's not important that everybody likes everything um, and everything is uh, all influenced by um, sight and sound and experience I mean if you've been through something in uh, particular in your life um, something that was harrowing then more often than not you're not gonna go and watch a film about something depicting something that you've been through um, because that would maybe bring back bad memories give you uh, nightmares it would remind you of something that you've been through and um, yeah so you know not everyone's gonna be everyone can do what people do or watch what people watch or enjoy what other people watch because some people like uh, scary movies like horror films other people they're a bit more reticent they're a bit more sensitive to that subject matter whereas other people can watch it and laugh and go oh look at that you know that would never happen and that that's not scary um, and they be I suppose in a way because they become desensitized to some things they become desensitized to certain acts and certain characters and certain things that uh, happen and it's the same with language um, uh, cursing people can become desensitized to cursing uh, swearing uh, people swear and curse all the time um, and it's normal for some people and for other people it's very uh, rude it's very they, they, they take offense to it very easily and yeah some people can take offense to something very easily they're very sensitive on some subjects and some things and not sensitive and uh, not as triggered by other things that other people might be triggered by um, and that's just that's just the way it is um,
people are um, are influenced in different ways but the source uh, material the source code of language uh, the the um, the building blocks of uh, how you speak a, a particular language are always the same it's just the way that you use that uh, that source code that language that um, that initial um, uh, instruction because um, people people have can pick up the same instrument for example a guitar uh, a saxophone a violin a ukulele um, and they can play in different ways they have the same they may have the same chords you may have to use the the keys in the same way uh, or a piano for example you, you can play um, they all have exactly the same number of keys um, and you know they, they can only, it can only be used in one way this instrument but people have a different opinion and a different interpretation of how to use those keys those tones the sound that can be emanated from that instrument and in that way they can create their own piece of art their own poetry and um you know poetry is ephemeral it's it's a it's an energy it's um it's a it's a language that can be used in many different ways in a visual way in a in an auditory way in a literary way um to me poetry is everything and everyone it can't be defined it's a spirit it's a feeling it's an energy um, that you can feel and you can generate if you're if you're lucky and uh, you can uh, you can hear it you can see it you can sense it you can feel it and you can also make other people see and feel uh, the poetry that you have within you and these things uh, the language of poetry um, is something that I didn't know uh, uh, when I first started writing poetry because uh, when I first started writing poetry I just wanted to express what was within me uh, express a feeling uh, express an emotion um, and I just expressed it and that's poetry it's the, the beauty and the gift of expression um, and uh, and it's uh, it's wonderful, especially if you can it's um, you can go and have a stream of consciousness, share a stream of consciousness, or um, feel and interpret a stream of consciousness. Because a, a piece of music, uh, a song, is a stream of consciousness that has been captured by someone or something and is being shared for other people to enjoy so it's like um, um, starlight when you look up to the night sky and you see a star uh, that is maybe what four 4.5 light years away so that means that the light that you are seeing from that star has taken four and a half 
years to get to where from where it is to you so like uh but uh songs um and poetry and uh, a film they could have been written made created decades ago decades ago but they uh still um contain and can still generate the same energy uh, as they did when they were initially uh, created. Um, they can, you can, it can be heard 60 years after the time that it was created, and you can still feel exactly what other people were feeling when they first heard it. You can, everyone can have that that moment of uh, initial. Uh, entertainment and enjoyment and inspiration um, just just as uh, fundamentally as people did initially when they heard it and of course some things um, age uh, depending on the subject matter um, some films that are made back in the 1950s um, have a great story to them uh, but they're, they're uh, when, when we when we interpret them in a modern context in a contemporary world, uh, things are definitely different. And sometimes poetry is an art is of a time. Uh, a song can be of a time. A TV show can be of a time. Um, but some things uh, transcend transcend. Um, the place and the time that they were made and poetry can do that poetry the literary uh, poetry can do that and um, a piece of artwork a painting a drawing um, a depiction of something can transcend a place and a time and make it timeless and that is that is when you have found um, the the true core of the language of poetry um, and what poetry means. Um, but getting to specifics today um, in this episode, uh, I was talking earlier. Uh, we were going to um, talk about numbers and talk about, uh, uh, in particular, the the number ten and um, ten. The number ten recurs a lot, uh, and as we, the, the not really the number, but the time, ten o'clock, ten o'clock at night, ten o'clock in the morning, and very significant things have happened at ten o'clock in the morning, or ten o'clock at night, uh, and uh, the, the significance of time. Uh, it recurs in uh, literature, in entertainment. Uh, for example, there are some people that believe there is some kind of significance uh, with the, um, the time of three o'clock. Whether it's three o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, even in an episode of uh, The Sopranos, the character of uh, Paulie Walnuts is, is uh, told by a character of uh, Christopher Moltisanti. Um, Christopher Moltisanti has been shot and he's come out of a, a 
coma and he had a vision while he was there that uh, he interpreted to mean that um, he was in purgatory and some, he met someone there, someone that he knew, someone that had died and that person told Christopher Montesanti to tell, to tell uh, Paulie Walnuts um, uh, three o'clock, three o'clock, and after that, Paulie, the character of Paulie Walnuts, uh, keeps waking up. He, he thinks about it. Three o'clock? Why? Why three o'clock? And he's skeptical at first, but then uh, over time, he ends up waking up early in the morning, at three o'clock in the morning, or in the afternoon, and at three o'clock in the afternoon, and he becomes obsessed with it. He wants to know. Why three o'clock? What, what's what's going on? You know, what's the significance? And um, uh, he can't explain it. And Christopher Moltisanti can't explain it. And you know, it's um, he goes to a Paulie Warnock goes to a psychic to try and explain it, uh, a medium, and yeah, it really drives him crazy. The, the, the question of three o'clock what does that mean um, and uh, who knows we don't really find out uh, whether it's uh, something uh, real or imaginary or or what but people do genuinely have a connection to times of the day um, and things do happen at specific times of the day whether that's fate or accidental or whatever uh, but for me, if there was one time at the, uh, during the day um, when I'm at my most inspired, I guess you could say, it would be um, or dreamlike or relaxed. It would be uh, either 10 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. Um, but of course, I'm an early bird. Uh, I've woken up. Uh, early for years whether it's uh, to create something to write something or go to work um, but um, yeah when I have time on my uh, on my hands when I have time to to do things that I want to do usually uh, at 10 o'clock um, at 10 o'clock in the morning I'm usually in the city uh, um, whether it's in um, Birmingham or uh, I'm somewhere um, usually Birmingham I'm in Birmingham and I'm there in Starbucks more often than not uh, I'm sitting there uh, with uh, my notebook uh, and a pen and uh, a uh, delicious uh, large caramel macchiato and I'll be there enjoying uh, my surroundings and the, the lights and the colours and the feeling and the ambience and everything and I will be um, I will feel like I'm surrounded by this pool this energy vortex of inspiration I don't know how else to, 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 to describe it um, it's as if I can see all the connections around me um, so I'm just sitting there in silence I'm not talking to anyone I'm not doing anything I'm just observing and taking in everything the music that's being played the voices that I hear 
the light that shines down, the colours that vibrate and I and my mind interpret everything that I see I internalise it and uh, uh, as a result of uh, what I internalise or what I'm inspired by uh, comes poetry more often than not uh, not all the time but sometimes uh, I'll, it'll just confluence into uh, a poem or a piece of something poetic and something literary and I'll just express it I'll just put it down and uh, hope that it will make sense and it will come together and more often than not it does and a lot of the time it happens at 10 o'clock in the morning regularly and um, this has been happening for years happening for years um, and I just wanted to today I wanted to uh, read some poems um, two poems in particular that were written um, that were written eight years apart but they were written in exactly the same place at exactly the same time by exactly the same writer the same poet me and they were they signify the same thing the same message the same meaning and uh, yeah that's what I want to read to you today um, so uh, it's kind of funny that it actually happens this way so I want to set the setting um, so there's me I'm at a table I'm in Starbucks I'm drinking a caramel macchiato everything's the same I'm sitting by a window and um, of course it's a different world the world of eight years ago to the world of today but apart from that apart from the outside world everything inside and me of course I'm different in a way I've been experienced different things lots of different things in eight years I've experienced um, um, personal things um, things that I've thought about um, I've written different things I'm a different writer but the feeling and the in inspiration the influence the time of the day everything there are some things that change and there are some things that stay the same always and for me poetry the language of poetry and my love of poetry and art and uh, inspiration will always be the same um, and uh, I hope that these poems that I'm going to read to you today uh, will um, represent um, that fact so as I said um, these poems are were take with the first poem and the second poem were uh, written eight years apart and this poem the first poem that I wrote back in 2012 uh, is called as the bell told ten and I hope you like it as the bell told ten as I stood at the twilight cloister between knowledge and faith staring up at a sculpture of a victorious Saint Michael standing over a defeated devil. Inspiration came to me then and echoed through the space and I found myself thereafter 
standing on another level. The ground beneath we, beneath me was like a river. The rain did not stop falling for a second. For an instant, I began to shiver. When the chimes ended, I thought I heard my own inner voice say something as if it were trying to respond. There was no lightning bolt that struck nearby, but nevertheless I saw a flash of light, which I interpreted as being insight. Cloud and rain was all that I could see in the sky, and even though it was morning, it felt more like night. I was transfixed by the university, by the nearby fountain, by the stone spheres that were on the path before me, and by the imposing cathedral. Even in this light, everything looked so beautiful. I wanted so much to understand what I was feeling, but my heart could not tell me. I wanted so much to share this inner light with someone else, but there was no one to be seen. I stood for a few minutes in silence, and then I felt my feet and my legs regain the knowledge of their function and propel me on my path again. I don't think that I will ever forget that moment outside the cathedral, outside the university, in the rain, as the bell tolled ten. And the next poem uh, that I want to read to you, uh, I wrote uh, not long ago, uh, actually last week, but um, it's uh, it, was, it was written in the exact same place and at the exact same time of the day. And this poem is called The Ten Bells. There is a repeating and constantly resounding phenomenon. There is a moment of time that reoccurs every few years. There is a place where poet and inspiration can be found, where things only feel right and never wrong. There is a moment, like right now, when bells ring out, when angels sing, when not even the devil could elicit any kind of fear. When and where the beauty of the poetry of life reveals once again that there is a reason for everything. There is a season that returns like the waves of an ocean that goes out and then comes back in. There is a state of mind body and spirit that never dies, which resides within each of us, like a deep and unending well. There is something that happens, which never changes, that always rises back to the surface to greet me over and over, like a poetic rhyme that has the power to compel me. And it is at those times when I know without being told that the bells of time are ringing ten. As I say, uh, the number ten, and especially ten o'clock in the morning, uh, sometimes ten o'clock at night, um, uh, that's, the, that's usually the time when uh, significant, there is something significant that happens. Uh, whether it's silent significance or profound significance, 
but mostly it's an internal significance to me um, but uh, yeah no no uh, no less uh, powerful uh, just because other people can't experience what I'm going through or the inspiration that I'm feeling um, and the next poem that I want to read to you uh, is my poem Deus Ex Poetica which is uh, which I was inspired to write by the which is Latin of course um, and um, it's uh, a twist on the Latin phrase Deus Ex Machina and Deus Ex Machina means God in the machine or God from the machine so uh, this poem Deus Ex Poetica uh, in Latin, as it's, as, it, as it's interpreted into English, would mean uh, God in the poetry, or God from the poetry. And uh, I hope you like it. Wishes and prayers come from hope. Inspiration rises when a feeling is set free. Memories and emotions are like ghosts. Poetry comes from God, and God comes from poetry. Nobody has ever asked God why they created the universe, but nobody should ever ask an artist why they create the art that they make, because most of the time an artist is only following their instincts and trying to capture a feeling, an experience or an emotion that they want to share. An artist can spend years living in darkness. And then light, life, an idea, an entire universe can instantly come into being and start a chain reaction that expands without end before their eyes and build a reality of its own layer by layer. There is always someone listening. There is always someone watching. There is always someone thinking, dreaming and imagining something new. There is always someone waiting. There is always someone anticipating. There is always someone creating magic from out of the blue. Everything is what it is for a reason. Everybody is who they are because they are because who they are is who they are meant to be. Everybody who is anyone has at least once in their life opened their heart, closed their eyes, dug down deep within themselves, touched their own soul and returned to the world with something about themselves that they never knew they possessed. When an artist first becomes an artist, when they feel what they feel, what they see and what they know drives their emotions and their imagination can sometimes be scary. However, the more that an artist creates, the more that they want to create. Artists are constantly driving to inspire a feeling in someone else because of the echo of a feeling of that which inspired them. Comedians receive such a feverish reaction to their art when they inspire an audience of people into laughter. God has always been the greatest artist anyone has ever known. Since the beginning, when they created the heavens and the earth, every day, God's greatest creation, life, continues to evolve and be reinterpreted 
over and over again and it will continue to be because life will always be the greatest masterpiece ever envisioned or created just as it has been since the beginning of time when God created poetry. Um, and as someone who has spent a lot of time outdoors uh, walking through forests of trees uh, as uh, walk through cities whether it's Birmingham or London um, or New York uh, I can I can tell you that um, everywhere I go and everything that I see and most of the people that I meet uh, all have some kind of poetic uh, resonance to them uh, I see um, both uh, questions and answers and um, waves of uh, intention and um, meaning people have a reason for doing what they do and uh, uh, there is a rhyme and there is a reason and there's the poetry uh, in everything and everybody um, within uh, as I said colours that people choose to wear they are very representative uh, of who a person is who a person believes what a person believes a colour represents uh, also symbols are another form of language that people use and people wear uh, to show that they believe in um, a certain way of life a certain uh, belief system um, and they believe uh, in a certain uh, a certain dialogue or a, a certain um, a certain way of looking at the world a certain uh, perception um, and uh, people use language um, they create new languages every day uh, different new phrases uh, especially kids uh, online they're always creating um, different ways to uh, describe different parts uh, of the world and of their own um, demographics uh, people who and a lot of it has come out of uh, technology how they communicate um, a lot of young people now communicate uh, exclusively online uh, with apps um, very sparingly do they uh, communicate with one another face to face in a personal uh, and in a, an in-depth way they seem to uh, communicate more when they're online uh, when they're uh, doing it behind a screen and they're able to emote them emote what they want to say and say uh, exactly what they want to say when they have this mask this filter uh, between them and uh, same with a lot of people of course they, they feel more confident and comfortable expressing themselves uh, on social media where they have the protection of a, of a screen and where they can't be physically uh, um, um, admonished for what they're their thinking or feeling um, what they want to express um, but there is still consequences to everything uh, and uh, yeah um, it's all open to interpretation everything but some things are glaring 
um, you can tell uh, if someone's trying to spread fear they're, they're probably very fearful within themselves very insecure about themselves if they're criticizing other people they're usually overly critical of themselves or they uh, have been have had people critical of them in their life and things reoccur uh, things that happen to people sometimes those people that have had them happen to them they uh, they uh, inflict them on other people and in a way that's poetry because it's inspiration and uh, and uh, interpretation and then expression and uh, so it's just the way it's like anything it's it's not um, it's not the thing it's how you use it um, some things are made specifically to do something like a gun if you make a gun it's there to be shot so it's a weapon of destruction um, uh, it's it's a it's an expression of your of extending your uh, own strength to impact upon something else or someone else it's also a, a, a symbol of force symbol of power and a lot of people uh, um, are drawn to those uh, but for me the the greatest and the most powerful um, object um, powerful symbol is the pen and a piece of paper uh, because as the the old frame the old phrase says the pen is mightier than the sword and you can inflict um, and you can uh, elicit and uh, create a lot of power with a pen and a piece of paper and with the the fuel and the energy of your own imagination and uh, the words within you and the dreams that you dream and um, the thoughts that you think and uh, that's why um, the most uh, um, prolific and the most influential people uh, in history have been poets uh, and writers and uh, storytellers and creators and I always love that quote of um, from the film uh, Contact uh, with the character uh, Eleanor Airway um, which was uh, um, originally a story by uh, Carl Sagan uh, the, the, the story the, the, the book Contact um, and uh, the character in it she's in space and she, she sees she arrives at the destination she believes is uh, this beautiful vista it's an, it's alien she's been transported somewhere by an alien uh, race who was sent technology to Earth? Um, was sent the specifics and the uh, the blueprints into how to create a a method of transportation to another place, another time, and uh, people on Earth create that machine. And the character of Eleanor uh, Ellie Airway um, uh, is is uh, chosen to be that pilot. Uh, and she goes to that place as I say and she sees a beautiful place when she arrives there and the first thing she says is so beautiful they should have sent a poet and 
yeah I've always loved that quote I love that moment in the film because yeah I would love to be uh, I would love to be on that uh, spacecraft I would love to go to a, uh, an alien world I would love to step out and the first thing that I would do is probably write a poem about it <laughs> and express what it made me feel what it made me think about um, and how uh, incredible it was to be there and to do so in uh, as poetic a way as possible and um, yeah I just want to leave it on that um, um, I just want to say uh, thank you for listening um, I hope everyone's staying uh, hopeful out there hope everyone's staying healthy hope everyone's staying optimistic and um, thank you again for listening to this episode and uh, I'll talk to you again soon Hi everyone, um, if you liked what you heard in this episode of uh, Mark the Poet the podcast and uh, you want to hear more uh, or if you want to read more of uh, my poetry uh, then uh, if you go to uh, my website uh, which is markthepoet.me you'll find um, a wide uh, selection of uh, some of the poems that I've written over the last five years and uh, if you want to buy a copy of one of my books, then just go to Amazon uh, in whatever country you're in. Um, or t- onto barnesandnoble.com. Um, uh, and uh, you can get a copy of all of my books, each one of my ten books. And um, there you'll find uh, books of poetry that I've written, uh, my short novels. and um, yeah, my uh, my poetic journey and uh, my writing journey um, for over the last uh, ten years. So, uh, if you like the sound of that and you know, you want to read more, or listen to more, um, then uh, check out um, my website markthepoet.me or check out some of my books um, on Amazon. Uh, or online, wherever you get your books uh, in a physical copy and also as an ebook. Um, so thanks for listening and uh, happy reading.